Hi guys, you're about to listen to part two of the conversation we started with Duni Uni last week. If you haven't listened to part one, please be sure to go back. You need to have a full idea of the story and I'm sure that part one will bless you and will encourage and inspire you. All right, let's get right into part two. Welcome to a new episode of Big Sister Conversations, a show for people in their teens or twenties who want to grow in their faith, strengthen their relationships, and make better choices. Walking this journey with you is your big sister, Enela. Before we get into today's conversation, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can find it easily when you want to listen again. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to become a part of the community. You'll receive encouraging and personal emails every month from your big sister to keep you hopeful and inspired. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so making the decision now with the Holy Spirit and, you know, with like your support system to keep your baby. First of all, how did your parents react? And then did you face any form of societal discouragement? Because, you know, like your parents said, you know, living a dent on their um, legacy. You know how church members tend to view their pastors like they have this kind of pedestal they put the pastors and their families so how was it for you you know having to show up and people seeing you and even parents how did they take it yeah so um when i made my decision to keep the pregnancy i told um i think i first told him that okay i'm keeping it and then i told my elder sister I called her. She actually hung up. <laughs> like she hung ah. up before me. Oh yeah, my god! She was so, she was so shocked. And then she called me back and she's like, "Oh my god, you know why? This is really bad." And you know, but she was still supportive. Like she got herself quickly. You know, I have to give it. To her. I have to give that to her. Like she didn't start blaming me or abusing me. She just said things. She went quickly into problem solving mode. Like mm. how are we going to sort this out? So they saw me. I told my I told my siblings first. Uh, you know they were they were very supportive, very encouraging. My eldest brother particularly. You know he called me and we just we just talked and um they said they would handle telling my parents since I was seven in Portacourt. Anyway, I wasn't in Lagos where my parents are based. Yeah. Um. So over the course of a week, they, they were praying. I think yeah. They were praying. They, they did fasting and prayer to prepare the way for telling my parents. Yeah. You did join me. You know, that was, I, I couldn't know. I was always, I was always tired. I was always tired. Because <laughs> I was still, even though I decided I was still emotionally, I was still emotionally downcast. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't joining him, but I was just comforted knowing that they were praying for me. So, they, they, my sister had to come down from Abuja to Lagos to inform my parents. And of course, yeah, they were. I remember that morning when they told me they're telling my parents that they, I put my phone on flight mode because I knew my mother would call me. I knew she would be. My mother is so sweet. Like I knew she would be concerned about me. Like how am I doing, right? So oh, yeah. and I was right because she actually called me, but I didn't pick. And then I went on flight mode. I think I had removed it from flight mode. And then I called him and I went back on flight. But anyway, um, they were, my father was, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe his reaction. I think he was saying, ah, that this yeah, generation, they're actually really struggling. Like, it was really more of empathy oh my for God. me. Like, you know, yeah, that, you know, that uh, generation is having it tough, that he's not, I mean, he's shocked, but he's not entirely surprised because he knows what we are going through. And then my mother was also very distraught and was crying and, um, 
they were they were sad they were sad um why I, I traveled i traveled shortly after maybe a few days after they were told just to see them face to face and just um well apologize <laughs> and um just talk to them so I, I traveled and they were very they were very kind um so now i'm still very surprised that they did not blame me or insult me because my father is a great man but <laughs> he can be um what's the word he has a strong personality mm. so something can be very he can be stern he can be stern Especially when he expects better of you. But he did not use any harsh words with me. Uh, of course, he expressed his sadness. And he was like, he should have he should have told us we're struggling with this thing. You know, told somebody he trusted. Like, he shouldn't have kept these struggle secrets. But he did not criticize or abuse me or threaten to disown me. My mother was, my mother was also, my mother was like, it has happened. Let's just move forward. Uh, she's my hero, honestly. She, the way she handled the situation was just amazing. Um, yeah, my parents were accepting although um <laughs> my father was considering marriage which i can't blame him you know that's how these things were handled in the generation you know yeah. marriage to quick of our so yeah even though he was supportive he did consider marriage like a quick marriage immediately and i had to tell him i cannot marry this person uh, we don't have a solid foundation. It was not a strong study relationship. So yeah. I'm this person. I'm going to I'm going to regret it. He's not a he's not an evil person, but we are not mm-hmm. not, we're not a right fit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain it to you, but we have, we have to just trust me when I say we are not the right fit. He struggled with it eventually, but he struggled with it, but eventually he accepted my decision. So I did not marry the person. Um, but yeah. He was supportive, my siblings, my friends, everyone was supportive. I did not really deal with societal discouragement because I was literally in hiding. So, <laughs> um, okay, so I was around, I was around for a while. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't start showing early. So the only thing though was I was gaining weight, but people did not really, they didn't know. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, weight, oh, yeah, I'm ready weight, oh. So I was in my parents' house for a while. I, I was reading for an exam, one certification because you know, like I said, I got pregnant in NYC. So when NYC yeah. ended, I left. I couldn't, I couldn't job hunt in, in my states. Um, so I, I just decided to enroll for this um, Ixan certification. You should know it since you're a lawyer. Um, <laughs> <Do> you... <laughs> Let's just pretend I know it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so yeah, people, people did not know. People did not yeah. know. So after, by the moment. But the period that I started showing, I moved to my brother's house. Um, you know, it's an enclosed estate. So I wasn't really living in the estate, except when I had to go to the hospital for antenatal checkups. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really deal with that aspect. But my, my parents did tell the church, though he told some people in church, I wasn't around, he told them, and uh, he said that they were very supportive, they were very kind. You know, he feared, initially feared that it would affect his office, maybe they'll say she stepped down, because that happens quite a lot. Wow. Yeah, and I know someone who, who was asked to step down. Then in some cases, it's even the pastor himself, out of shame, that was step that down. That was say, oh my God. Yeah, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't told to do that. They were supportive and they were, you know, yeah. They were even commending him for being transparent because uh, they said he was just at the under the world whether he was transparent and that they think that's admirable. Um, so yeah, um, my parents are supportive, my friends, my family, and uh, I thankfully did not deal with any stigma while I was pregnant because I was literally just I was in just one I was one estate just 
all by myself with my family, mm-hmm. with my brother's family. Yeah. So uh, honestly, I really feel like God was really kind to you because from your story, it sounds like you had a lot of support. And I know that for many people, that's not the case. Some people are thrown out of the house. Some people are forced to marry the partner. Some other people, maybe they're even disowned and all. So I feel like I can literally still see God's fingerprints of goodness and grace in your story. Such that like God does not disown or abandon his children just because you know they don't do things the way he wants them to so honestly for me what i'm really seeing from your story is just like god's graciousness and god's goodness and even how yes, that yes. your identity here yeah, as a child of god just because you sleep you are still a son you are still a daughter yes so yes it is, so it is it really is i was that was exactly what kept me through my pregnancy that you know god is god is good god is good god is not angry with me he's not punishing me his graciousness is still flowing towards mm. me um i threw up my pregnancy the way everything it was not entirely easy or there were some challenges that i kind of yeah. going into but i just felt god's love and goodness so strongly you know people would help me people my friends would check on me people would send me money because i wasn't working i didn't have a source of income yeah money people would send me baby already sending me baby things before <laughs> months Aww. before i even you know um gave birth so you know i i enjoyed so much love from people and from god and just amazing that's so beautiful that's so so beautiful um so i'm just thinking imagine there's like someone maybe like a single girl who has an unplanned pregnancy but she's like, okay, should I abort this baby? Should I keep this baby? Bearing in mind that her circumstance might not be like yours. She might not have supportive parents. She might not have supportive friends even. But, you know, what would you just say your biggest advice to that kind of person? What, what would be your biggest advice to that kind of person? Yeah. Uh, so the thing is this, and... My experience showed me that the step that I took requires faith. It requires great faith in God. And even that faith is a gift. Like, I'm not taking credit for the faith. I believe that God helped me to have faith in his ability to work everything for good. Um, So it depends. If, if I'm not speaking to a Christian, honestly, it would be hard. It would be hard. Now, I'm not yeah. saying it's only Christians that keep unplanned pregnancy. Many non-Christians keep unplanned pregnancies. But in most cases, they already have a support system. Either they are maybe women in their 30s, they already have a job. Job, they have a house they have money you understand they have something yeah. going on for them yeah um most times when people when non-christians keep pregnancies um they have something to they have a safety net right yeah however when the when the odds are against you when your parents will not support you when your family your relatives will cast you away when you don't really have a career path on an upward trajectory or, you know, a source of income, that's when this decision is tough. And in that moment, you need to have certain convictions. You need to have deep trust in who God is. I don't know if I mentioned, but before I found out I was pregnant, I had actually done a series on my newsletter and um, about, I called it 30 Days of Rest. So the initial um, newsletters were just about the character of God. Yeah. And it wasn't just a teaching session for me, I was also learning. 
So many of the things I wrote about during that period were things that also kept me when I was pregnant. Things I wrote about the love of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God. Um. So to anyone in that situation, I'll just tell them, put your trust in God. He will not fail you. He will work things around for good. You cannot see the future where you can trust the, the one in control of the future. Yeah. That work it out for good if you can only trust. Let me say hard decision. I'm not going to lie. Like it's 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 a difficult decision. It's a difficult place to be, especially when the odds are against you. Mm-hmm. But you just need to trust God. God is worthy to be trusted. Like you mm-hmm. can trust God. And there is nobody more trustworthy than God. I know Absolutely. some people <laughs> some people may not agree. Some people that may yeah. have gone through the old situations may not agree. But my personal testimony is that God can be trusted. Yeah. So one, you just put your trust trust in God and you need to develop strong skin. When you have there's a way faith in God gives you courage. My friends used to call me when I was pregnant and I said, Juni, you are so courageous, you are so strong. How? And I said it's not it's not me. Like the moment my convictions were sure, courage set in. Courage always Mm. follows conviction. That's a word right there. Courage always follows conviction. Mm. So um, the, the, you need to be sure of your convictions. The moment you have that conviction that God is good and God will work it out for good, that courage will set in and you need to develop because people will talk. You may not hear, you may be fortunate not to hear the gossip. Yeah. I didn't hear much gossip. Maybe, maybe later on, but you know, by then I didn't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you may have, I'm not going to lie and say everybody will have it easy. I'm going to be honest. Not everybody will have it as easy as I, as I did. But let me tell you, even if my parents not about me or my friends not about me, I was ready to face whatever came my way. Because remember yeah. that I made it before I told my parents. It's not as if yeah. after I, after yeah. I told them then. So I had already braced myself that even if my father should disown me, mm-hmm. I'm Baby and God will take care of me. Mm, it's like a Shadrach, Meshach, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone in this situation, I just is just put your trust in God. God will God will work it out. God will raise help for you. God That's will amazing. God will supply your needs. God will comfort you. I cannot I cannot I cannot even start to describe how God comforted me. My church messiah I used to cry a lot. I remember one day I was I had just woke up. Church messiah is so difficult. That's the most difficult part. Really. It's not even the first. It's the third. And you know all these changes are happening in your body. Mm. And you're just having all these depression spells. So I, I woke up, I was crying. I was crying that God, see what I've done to my life. I've finished my life. I was crying. I was morning. Oh. And I remember I picked up I picked up my phone. And in my notification bar, I saw an article by John Piper. And I read it. And that's actually where I derived the title for my newsletter from you know, the one you referenced. So yes, it's your yeah. life. Yeah. That article was actually about abortion. I was like, how did you God know that today I would eat what you I would You needed it. Mm. That article is uh, was amazing. I still I still go back to it. In that when you say doing the right thing will not ruin will not ruin your life. Just as long so as you are trusting in the grace of God, doing the right mm. thing will not ruin your life. Mm. Doesn't mean your life will be smooth or easy or rosy, but your life will not be your life will Absolutely. not be rather. Your life will not be meaningless or purposeless. Your life is unruined because what Satan means for evil, God will use it for good. Absolutely. So that that was that day was just I remember God. I felt I wrote something in my journal about how I was feeling rapturous. Like my mood did a 360. I was in 180 now. <laughs> my mood changed. Like I was hopeful, I was ecstatic. I was joyful. 
Mm. Um, you know, those, those, those are the little ways that God just looks out for me. Even after That's I gave birth, yeah. I got a job shortly after. Like God just took care of me and provided my needs. So just put your, put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. Wherever you are, put your trust in God and God not fail you. Okay. God is more important than people. Don't be afraid of people. People will come and they will go. If you make a decision because of your parents or society, you are going to stand before the judgment seat of God. It's not, and and I think we need to emphasize the fear of God more. This is one thing I learned. Yes. Many of us don't fear God. We don't understand what it means that we stand before the judgment seat of God. Let's give account of our actions. So God is more important than people, than society, than friends or whatever. Mm. He is more important. So treasure him and, and, and honor him and fear him in your decision making. Thank you, Denise. That was such beautiful advice. Like it was such great advice. Thank you so much. In in something you said along the lines of trusting God, I would also like, like to just add, I know that I haven't walked in your shoes if like that's where you're at, anybody that is listening to this. But on a less on trusting God, I'd say that trust in the goodness of God because when you trust in the goodness of God, it doesn't matter like the circumstance that is going on around you. You know that God will work it out for good. So your trust is not that God will, you know, all of a sudden wave his hands and things will be fine. But you can trust that God's character is good, and because of that, your life would also be good. Okay, so um, just one last question. I'm just really curious. I met your son and he seems very energetic and very fun. What's your favorite part about being a mom? I think it's uh, having, having like a front row to a human being's development. It's actually very fascinating. Oh. <laughs> seeing how they, you know, I have cousins, I have nephews and nieces that I, you know, I spent time with them, but it was not a long period, right? So maybe just a few months, a few weeks. But just having a child with me every day, I'm seeing how he's growing, how he's learning. I'm seeing his personality traits starting to surface. I'm seeing even his strengths, his weaknesses, his quirks. It's amazing, honestly. Toddlers are just very interesting. They're very cool. Um, yeah. So I think just uh, witnessing somebody's growth and development is amazing. I think the second part is really how, um, I don't know, children... Children show me how my relationship as a, with my child shows me how God relates to me or how God expects me to relate to him. You know, they are so innocent. You can, you can, I can spank my son. I try not to beat him, but sometimes he's really naughty. I need to let him know that he has misbehaved. So maybe I just tap him lightly yeah. on his fingers or something. And he was still, he's still me, he will come to, to comfort him. <laughs> you're the one and that is keeping him, you're still the one that is comforting yes. him. <laughs> yes, like it's amazing. There is no bitterness or guile or resentment in them. They are so, they are so sweet. And, you know, it's amazing. Like, I just love how they're so affectionate. Sometimes my son will just come and just put his arms around my neck or just rest his head on my shoulder. It's just amazing to be the object of somebody's love. You know, people always say children don't. People always say that children don't have love. That they are just um, that they are selfish or something, and they only care about their needs. But the mother, I've come to that as false. Yes, they are actually very (laughs) self-centered, and you know, they want their demands to be met. But they are also they love you. Like Mm. (laughs) you, you will know. You will know that this 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 child actually loves me. They are not those. It's not those dependence. It's actually love. Oh. So uh, you know, being the object of his love is uh, is a gift that I will not trade for anything. Yeah, that's I think those are my two favorite parts. Yeah, that's yeah. 
you know, you mentioned, remember the analogy at the beginning of the conversation, um, that lady that talked about her past bread and said, this is what will happen to your life after, you know, mm-hmm. you have been sexually impure. I don't really know mm-hmm. you very personally, but I'm sure you're, you're not like bread that is spoilt. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't say that. <laughs> I can say that. I can say, so I just want you to, if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, what are some of the good things that happen in your life? You know, is, do you feel, there's this thing I used to hear growing up about how that if you have a baby or if you're not a virgin, no, no man would want you, just forget it. Your entire, you, you're destined to be in your father's house with your child for the rest of your life. Nothing mm-hmm. good will happen to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you help me just break mm-hmm. that narrative quickly? <laughs> okay um so first of all the whole bread party thing is, is just stupid like you're you have intrinsic worth as an individual yeah and that's why you have history you know you are still valuable to god yeah. right and um yeah and again so um i remember when you know i thought i, I did like a pros and cons list of it yes so when i decided i was going to keep my pregnancy i i, I took that list and i prayed I said, God, every every disadvantage I've listed here, I've used to work it out for good. I listed everything one by one. Mm. And I remember one of my biggest fears was that, you know, I would not I would not get married. Nobody wants to marry me. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be me. <laughs> and, you know, even after I gave birth, I still had that fear. But I would always counter that thought with faith that, you know, God wants something else. And, you know, I'm in a relationship now. And to, to today, it's still very, very amazing to me. That's that, just me giving you a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you know, somebody saw me with my small boy and says, you know, I, I want to be with you. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that's one great thing that, you know, God blessed me with mm. an amazing supportive partner. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I, had, I got a job. I got a job shortly after. Beautiful. After I, I work in jobs that really helped me to book up. Thank you, Jesus. Now, even though I, I resigned, so I had the meeting to resign and I resigned. And I've not gotten a new one yet, but... You have I, a track record I'm, of God I'm, coming through. I believe that I'm on the right path, right? Yeah. yeah. I believe that God is... So I said, it's been a little difficult because I don't have a regular source of income and I have yeah. views. I have, a, I have a child with many needs right but mm-hmm. um god has been taking care of me like i'm not begging i'm not on the street god. god has been taking care of me Hallelujah. and um i think just my relationship with god has, has improved because before there were contradictions in my life that made me feel um i didn't really feel confident sometimes about sharing things about god but now i i'm i i my my love for god and my fear of god has increased um, you know, Bible says that if we follow wisdom and holiness, so I, I, my 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 work in holiness has has progressed to such a way that I'm more conscious about God. Like I'm more, I, I now understand what it means that my body belongs to God and I should honor God. My body. You know, I mentioned in the past that they just say don't do this, don't do that, but they didn't, yes. they didn't really have any deep conviction. But now my convictions about sexual purity are even solidified, right? Mm. Um. So these are these are just few of the few of the Lessons. Oh yeah, one more thing. You know, my sister always, my other sister always says something that by my stress, others are healed. Um, so many people have come to me because of my article, because of things that I share on social media to tell me that stress during your life has blessed them, it has helped them, it has comforted them, and even people that are struggling with sexual sin. You know, I'm counseling a few people, and I, 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 I know that. <laughs> 
this may not have been what how I wanted my life to go, but just to be able to use my story to yeah. help and bless people, it has brought me immense joy and satisfaction that mm. what I thought to bring shame, what I thought will bring disgrace, God is actually using it to help people to make his name known in the earth. And it just makes me very thankful. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Okay, so Duny, if someone wants to reach out to you, maybe someone wants counseling, you know, they just want to know more about your story, where can they find you? You know, your social media handles, yeah, you can just mention them. So yeah, so uh, on Twitter, I am at Life of Doxa, that's D-O-X-A, Life of Doxa. My substack is Duny, D-U-N-N-I-E dot substack dot com, so you can just leave a comment or send me an email. Um, my LinkedIn is Olua Duni Oni. Yeah, I think those are my social media profiles. You can just send me a message on any one of them. My DMs are open on Twitter, so I'll be sure to respond. Maybe not immediately, as as they may can testify <laughs> my response rate. <laughs> my response speed is not great, but I will definitely respond. And Ella is so amazing. She's so she's messaging me on Twitter and WhatsApp, so I always. <laughs> <laughs> so that always pushes me to respond yeah so yeah you can just reach out to me yeah. awesome awesome so i'll just leave links to your social media profile particularly your twitter since that's like where you're most accessible for anyone yes. who wants to reach out to you duny yes. god bless you thank you so much for coming thank on thank you so much for having me i had a great discussion i'm so glad i had a great discussion too thank you so much thank you you for listening to this episode of big sister conversations if you liked it please rate and leave a review on apple podcast or spotify you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at enyola underscore adeko to keep up with me and keep the conversation going until next time remember that god loves you and i'm rooting for you